everyone. Before we get started, we wanted to let you know about our venue consulting. We have broken up our offerings into four distinct needs, design, sales and client experience, marketing, and those all important SOPs. You can take advantage of one or all of these tricky spots for your venue. If you want to learn more and get a few more details, head on over to hustleandgather.com to see how we can work together and reach your venue goals. All right, let's get to today's show. But company culture always makes sense financially. That, yeah. That's that's the big misnomer. It's people are like, well, I can't afford, I can't afford, I can't. And like, no, no. But you can because the more money you put into your employees, the more productive they're going to be, the more output they're going to have. And you're going to get that back plus some. Like your profit margins are going to be better every single time. Welcome to Hustle and Gather, a podcast about inspiring the everyday entrepreneur to take the leap. I'm Courtney. And I'm Dana. And we're two sisters who love business. On this show, we talk about the ups and downs of the hustle and the reward at the end of the journey. And we know all the challenges that come with starting a business. Between operating our wedding venue, doing speaking and consulting, and starting our luxury wedding planning company, we wake up and hustle every day. And today we're talking, just the two of us, about last week's episode with Ann Lynch, CEO of Lynch Mikens, a full-service structural engineering firm. Anna leads with a clear mission, commitment to hard work, and strong dedication to client service excellence. Since 2004, she has served as a successful project manager and engineer in practically all public and private market sectors. If you haven't heard last week's episode, go give it a listen and come back to hear our thoughts. All right, Court, let's get started. All right. Well, that was a good episode. That was. I really did not know what to expect. I know. I was very pleasantly surprised. Anna's pretty amazing. Yeah, she's like so intense. She is very intense. But in a good way. She had like a leather jacket. She did. She had like leather boots on totally vibing her yeah, style she was so amazing so i uh loved the direction that that took I know, with like company culture and like yeah. how to be an amazing boss and ceo and like kind of her human first approach to everything well i i think what what's so different about her is that she's the ceo of a very large company yeah. or of a large company i guess i should say very large and all you ever hear is how greedy ceos are i know i thought that was like great to be in the presence of somebody who really cared about her people. And it's more than just three people or four people. Right. You it's know, a it's lot of 70 people, people yeah. to really care about. But I really loved like, you know, I think the the bulk of what we talked about was really like company culture. Mm -hmm. And I think she really started off well about when she talked about how women, like her goal is to tell women that, that, that they can do both. Like they can be moms, they can be great at their careers you could see how passionate she was about yeah, it in her face when she said it. I know. It's like, and they leave, but I want them to know that they can do both. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And I have thought that. And I and I think it's been really, I feel like we had kids really young. Yeah. I didn't think it at the time, but the older I've gotten, the more I think, oh, we were young. <laughs> oh, yeah. I knew I was young when I had kids because no one around me was having kids. Yeah. Like, I'm definitely, I mean, there was a few people, but, you know, the bulk of people, like my youngest is a lot of people's, like, first and my yeah. youngest is like years older than my a lot of my people's first yeah. you know I don't know I I feel like it that's some of the hardest things for us to navigate with our employees is becoming parents mm -hmm. um because I think there is this and maybe this is like a great kind of segue question is I remember my best friend was, was pregnant and she was like tell me everything about labor and I was like you don't want to know everything about labor <laughs> she's like no and I was like I'm going to tell you what you can handle <laughs> And this is what you can handle. And afterwards, she's like, why didn't you tell me? Blah, blah, blah. And I was like, because you would be like totally freaked out and stressed out about it. And I feel like parenthood is a lot of that. 
Like you tell someone tells you you're they're pregnant. You're like, oh my God, congratulations. It's the best thing. It's so wonderful. And there it is the best thing and it is so wonderful, but it is also the hardest thing you'll ever have to do. And no matter what industry you're in, there is always going to be, it's going to be hard for that job that you have. Mm -hmm. And we can only speak to the industry that we're in. But I know when I have people that they're like, oh, I am pregnant and start my first baby. And I'm like, you have no idea what it's going to be like yeah. trying to work this job to run this business and be feel successful at it at any turn. Yeah. You know, but I don't want to tell them that. I'd be like, I'm so excited for you. It's great. And it's wonderful. And it's two months later. And they're like, how the hell did you do this? Like, I don't know. <laughs> I did it. I did it. <laughs> One foot in front of the other. And I wasn't successful someday. No. But like when she said you can have both, it kind of makes me think of like what I tell myself is you can have both, but sometimes you can't have it all the time, right? Like there's days that I'm like, all right, I'm like a kick-ass mom, you know, like I'm, I made gingerbread men. And let me tell you, if you haven't made gingerbread men, like that is nothing, nothing more kick-ass than that as a mom, because <laughs> it is so much work, so messy, takes so long for very little cookies, mm -hmm. very few. Obviously, I wasn't working that day, but there are some days that I'm like great at great at work, and there's very few days that I feel like I'm balancing both in an equally well way. Mm -hmm. You know, something's always like falling off the plate, and right. like that's okay. Mm -hmm. Like I think literally that's okay. I think but that, that's accepting a, that, right? But that's okay because you're the boss of your business. It's not okay with other businesses when you're not 100 at your job. And I think that's where she has walked in and said. You can do both because you're a person first and we're yeah. going to create this culture that allows you to maybe be a kick-ass mom one day and you're just an okay engineer the other day, right? right? Like, Well, like just her saying that she paid for private school. I know. For anyone who had children. I thought that was amazing. Mm -hmm. Like how amazing is that? Like mm -hmm. you don't have to decide right. between what's best for your kid and your career. Like right. it's facilitating that. And then I think back, I'm like, wow, that's a huge expense. It's tens of thousands of dollars to onboard somebody mm -hmm. else to get them up to speed, you know, right. and to what they're doing. So it really, it makes sense mm -hmm. even financially. But company culture always makes sense financially. That, yeah. That's that's the big misnomer. It's people like, well, I can't afford, I can't afford, I can't. And like, no, no, but you can because the more money you put into your employees, the more productive they're going to be, the more output they're going to have. Mm -hmm. And you're going to get that back plus some. Right. Like your profit margins are going to be better. Yeah. Every single time. Yeah. I I mean, I loved it. I loved mm -hmm. I loved everything she stood for as far as that goes. Because, I mean, I feel like she, when she was talking about, like, kind of her approach to employees in general, how she understands the whole, like, they're a whole person, like, mm -hmm. who they are, what they want. And she feels like it's her job to kind of fill in the gaps, mm -hmm. to kind of make that happen. Well, I, I think she felt like it was her job to help them realize what those gaps were. And mm -hmm. so, like, if part of filling in the gap is... I am this and I, and I want to be this person, but part of it is I need childcare. Mm -hmm. Like then that's where she can say, okay, I can help you with that. Or maybe it's something else and she can coach them to get outside of their thinking, yeah. you know, she, communication skills. She, or something yeah. Like Cause that. she talked a lot about that. Like just changing their mindset. It's not even like actually, I mean, they, as you heard her say, like they do a lot of stuff and right. she actually implements things for the company. But a lot of it was changing the way they thought about themselves mm -hmm. And change the way they thought about what work should be. Not that that's free because it's her time. But I think that is where like the big difference is. It's not just, you know, like my husband works for a big company, a very big company. And they try to do company culture things. Like they used to have like 
you know, happy hour, like at work, they always have like free popcorn, all these other like random things. Like they have, they do take care of their employees. They have like great healthcare and all that stuff. But there's not like somebody that's coming in and saying like, what do you need? Mm -hmm. Like how, what would make you more productive and successful at work? Like how can we help facilitate you to be a better person? Right. Because a better person is a happier person, is a more productive person, is going to do their job so much better. Right. And maybe they find out, I don't want to do this job. And she's talked about a lot about that too. It's like, just, you're not the right fit, like Mm -hmm. letting them go. Yeah. And being okay with that. Like it's not a failure on you. Well, and and I think, and I think back on that and I think back on like some of our failures and mistakes where company culture is more important than a person, mm-hmm. right? Like it can't be about a person, right? It's about a culture. Right. Do you know what I'm saying? Yep. And if you have somebody that's a bad fit that doesn't want to contribute to company culture or be a part of that, like that can really be like a cancer. Like just being able to have the ovaries <laughs> to say like, you're not a good fit. Right. It's right. Just letting you go. This right. isn't a good fit for me. It's not a good fit for you. Right. I don't want you here. Right. Because sometimes I think you feel either like afraid, like maybe are not wanting to go through the hiring process again, or in our case, like caring too much personally about that person and what it means for that person, you know, as opposed to what it means for like in her case, like all the other 70 people that work for her, mm-hmm. you know? Right. I loved her thing on the wall that said no assholes. Uh-huh. I do appreciate that. Yeah. Although I feel like you probably couldn't work for us because I call you an asshole all the time. You do. But maybe you're the asshole for calling me an asshole. I don't think so. <laughs> I think we could take a survey. We could take a survey. Take a survey. Who's the we'll asshole? Take a company survey. It'll be oh, on the next one. Yeah. <laughs> we'll report back. Mm. She did say that if anyone in the company were to be an asshole, it would be her. Right. She's probably the most asshole-like. Yes. So maybe that's what uh, trailblazers and visionaries are. I don't know. <laughs> I loved how she like said one of her core company values is fun. Mm-hmm. Like if you're not having fun, like why are we doing this? Right. I and I I firmly believe that. Yeah. Like if you're not enjoying it, because you spend so much time at work, yeah. so much time with these people. Like if it's not enjoyable, why, why? do it? Mm-hmm. It's just not worth it. I agree. I think, and I think too, the lack of fun leads to intense and severe burnout. Yeah. And then no one wants to be around someone that's burned out because it's, as Rachel Sheeran said, it's like the cousin to depression, which is so true. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So one of the things that I felt like is she doesn't mince words. No. Like she's just who she is. She said she has no filter. And do you think that employees or people in general can handle like radical transparency? I don't know. Do you think it's hard? I'm sure it takes practice. Yeah. And I think that she made a really good point that a lot of it comes, you have to understand intention and, and like her, one of the things that they talk about is everyone has good intentions. Yeah. And if you don't have good intentions, then you're an asshole and you're not allowed to work there. (laughs) That's right. (laughs) So I think there is that aspect of it. I think it takes a lot of practice to handle radical transparency. Mm -hmm. I think there's a lot of people that would not be successful working for her because they can't handle that. And I think it comes down to a lot of times, I don't think it's about the person delivering the message, it's, a, it's the person who is taking the message. So like sometimes when I think about, okay, like I think about like our employees, who can I be really like straightforward with mm-hmm. and honest with and who do I have to like sugarcoat things a little bit? And when I really break it down and, and I look at it, it's like, is it the person mm-hmm. that I have to sugarcoat it with or is it because that's all I know, right? Would they be able to truly handle me being real? Right. 
but I've never tried it before because I've been afraid or I've, Mm -hmm. I've made this assumption about them. Right. So I don't really know. I think people in general that you don't have a relationship with cannot handle radical transparency, but. Well, probably at this point, like people know what they're signing on for. I'm sure it's like a rigorous interview process and like they know what company culture is. I mean, we're that way. Like we will tell people when we interview, like company culture is key, right? Uh Like you're going to have to interview the whole team. We have to group decide who's going to take this role or whatnot. So I'm sure now, but I'm imagining like at the beginning, like when she took it over and she had those 30 people and now she said they lost people. People left. Yeah. So some people just can't. Some people just can't. Yeah. I think to answer the question, I mean, I just, I think a lot of people don't want to know the truth. Mm -hmm. They don't want the transparency. They want to live in their own little ignorant bubble. They want someone to tell them all the good things. And that's so apparent. I mean, you look at social media, like it, the amount of- These are all ignorant bubbles. No, the (laughs) amount of filters people put on their face because why? Like, because you can't handle someone saying that they don't, they don't like your, the zit on your forehead or they don't. They felt like you, I can see your pores. Like one, I know there's trolls out there, but like, does that actually matter? Like I've never put a filter on my face. Yeah. Like, like a, a, well, I've never actually put a filter on my face for Instagram. I'm not saying I won't, I won't ever, but I've never done one that unless it's silly. Right. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like I've never done one to pass off as my own face. Even when I see those Instagrams that are like, this is me with a filter and this is me without, I'm like, is that real? Is that really real? Like people really are doing that. Yeah, they do. Yeah. And it's crazy. It is crazy. It is absolutely crazy to me. And that, so we are literally like, and to me that, that tells me that people can't handle it. Yeah. They can't because all they want to be told is the good. They can't handle any type of criticism. And, yeah. and I, that was one thing I wish you would talk a little bit more about with her because that was like the first thing she said is when they come in is retraining them to be able to take criticism. Mm-hmm. Right. Cause she was saying how like you would have these women that would come from these male dominant offices and they were, they were like everything like tiptoed around them mm-hmm. and they sugarcoated everything and they were afraid to upset them for very sexist and wrong reasons. And so that person, like that became who they were. Yeah. Right. That they can't take criticism and everyone had to tiptoe around them. And then she brings them to this office of their females and is like, that's not how it's going to be. And like retraining that. Right. Yeah. But I don't know. I just. And I was kind of trying to think through, like, what if we had a male in the office? Like, how odd would that be? You know what I mean? Yeah. Because it's just an office of women. It's always been an office of women. So being a woman in our office is not an exceptional thing, right? I don't know if it'd but, be too odd. I don't know. I think it would be odd. It would be a little odd. Like, you would be thinking through how you say things or, like, some of sure. your verbiage and whatnot. Yeah. But, yeah, I was thinking that probably is a lot different than what they're used to. Mm-hmm. Do you think people can take radical transparency? I think most people know. I think some of my closest friends, yes. I mean, because I, mm-hmm. I, I'm I'm very much like a non-filtered person. I like to know where I stand. There's definitely times, like I, I think back on my life and I think back on times where I was really trying hard but maybe wasn't successful or wasn't accomplishing in everyone else's eyes what I should be accomplishing or doing or whatever for whatever reason. I think probably in those situations, no. You know, because I think you had to think about what is that person bringing to the table, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but I think when you're like talking with a, a healthy person and a secure person, and I think then people are more open to being able to take that kind of criticism and transparency. And I'd say yes or no. I think it, I think it's what people are bringing to the table hmm. as to whether or not they'd be able to take radical transparency. I can only apply the question to what I know about right, my employees now. But like, what if 
And, and I mean, to be fair, we're not like overly not transparent. We're pretty transparent bosses yeah. for the most part, but there's definitely like you play the game with people. Like when so you, when you need to have a co- hard conversation with somebody, there is definitely like that. I'm not going to be straight with you. I'm going to kind of give you the happy sandwich. I'm going to tell you mm-hmm. there all the reasons why I think you're wonderful. And then we're going to talk about this problem in a non-threatening uh, way and yeah. blah, 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 whatever. And then I'm going to end with how I think you're amazing. And I, I'm not saying that's wrong, but sometimes that happens and it has to happen three or four times before you're finally like, do you understand <laughs> what I'm trying to tell you? Yeah. Like, do you understand that this needs to change, that mm-hmm. I need for you to do this better? And it's that time they're like, oh, yeah. So like, this is what I was thinking or whatever the case may be. And it's like, is all that tiptoeing and not just being straight and just saying like, can we all assume here that I like you? Yeah. I think you're all good people. Right. That's why I, I hired you. Right. I think that you're amazing and I appreciate everything that you do. And maybe we step up our appreciation game, but I don't have to like, like feed your ego mm-hmm. in order to tell you something that I need for you to change. Yeah. And I think our people could handle that. Oh, I think so too. But it's not how we manage them necessarily. Well, some do, some we don't. Yeah. I mean, I think it's a little more personal. I mean, I think it's definitely different when you talk about like the Bradford people as say like C and D people, like they're managed very, very differently. Well, yeah. Well, because the problem with C and D people is you don't see them. Yeah. So you don't have that same relationship. So you do have to like totally like play that Mm -hmm. tiptoe a little bit and and be a little bit more. uh, Well, I mean, like, like this weekend or whatever, I walked over to Bradford and I can always see like everything that's not being maintained well or right or not good enough mm-hmm. to, according to my standards. And I mean, I, no minced words. Like I was like, you got to do X, Y, Z like every week. Like I can mm-hmm. tell this has not been done for weeks and we're not going to wait for the maintenance person that comes every other month to do that. Like y'all need to do it. Right. Like there wasn't any like two bones about it, you know, like no. it wasn't. I was like, and I understand it's a lot. I understand it's a big, big thing. But there's, from the time the job descriptions were made, there's a whole nother person in that role, right? right? Like, why aren't we doing this? Right. Like, why? Like, that's what I don't understand sometimes. And I don't mince words about that. I mean, I think it's received well. I think radical transparency leads to more productive and efficient work environments, Mm -hmm. I think, in a lot of ways, Mm -hmm. I would think. Because you're just not beating around the bush. Well, there's, yeah. I mean, I think it's, you say what you say. Yeah. And you mean what you say. There's not like, you don't have to be like, what, what were they trying to tell me? Was, was that criticism? Was that positive? Like, what do they really want me to do? Like, it's just a very like direct way of trying to get stuff done. Yeah. Yeah. I thought it was great. Like mm-hmm. I, I loved, I love all that company culture, mm-hmm. like how to, what, what's your favorite thing about our company culture? I think for me, I really love like the honest side of it. I mm-hmm. I don't feel like they try to hide when they're overwhelmed. Yeah. And I don't think they try to, they're not afraid to say, hey, I really need this. Yeah. Like I really need to take this day or I really need for you to hire somebody because yeah. I can't do this. I really appreciate that kind of honesty with them. It makes me feel like they trust me with that. I think it speaks to like security. Yeah. Like they feel secure right. in who they are in their role that even if they need extra help, it's not going to compromise how we view them. Well, yeah. And I think too, it's very much, uh, they trust us. Mm-hmm. Like they trust that, yeah. that we say what we say is what we mean. So, cause that's, we say that to them, like when we hire them or when we onboard them, we, that's one of our like yeah. core values of our company is honesty. Like that means you don't have to tell us 
the specifics of what's going on in your life, but you need to tell us like, Hey, I'm going through a hard time mm-hmm. and I, I am, I'm struggling. Right. You know, I don't need to know why. Yeah. I just need to know that you are so that I can put things in place so that you can be successful and you don't burn out. You don't leave me. And, and I feel like this group of people we have, we've gotten it right. And I feel like the group of people before them, we didn't mm-hmm. like, I feel like our last venue manager left. We had no idea she was having the problems that she was having. Right. And she's just like, I'm, I don't like it. I'm stressed out. I don't like working during COVID. I don't want to be here and I'm leaving. Like yeah. there was no, there was nothing for us to do yeah. to even try to fix it. Right. I'm not saying we could have fixed it. No, I don't think we could have. I don't think we could have fixed it, but I just, I remember being like, this is the first thing I've heard about it. And you're putting in your notice two right. month notice at the same time. Like this feels very <laughs> like not who we are who we say we are. Yeah. Like, why haven't we had this conversation before? Right. You know? Yeah. I felt the same way. Yeah. I I love, um, especially this group of people, how much they have each other's backs. Yes. Like it's, I mean, everybody obviously has their job role, but sure. it's fluid and in time of crisis or when someone yes. else needs something like there's any number of people that are willing to like step in for somebody else. Right. So I feel like there's a lot less that hits us yes. because they kind of cover it all. Yeah. And I really appreciate that. Yeah. And that, and that comes with like volume of people too. Moving from like a two person team to like a four person team. Definitely. Yeah. You have a little bit more of that. Yeah. But, but still, yeah. but still, no, I do. I totally agree. Yeah. I love that yeah. about it. Yeah. All right. Well, we're going to start something new this year. It's going to be called the um, F up of the week. Yeah. Maybe you're still in it and like we can like troubleshoot it together or maybe mm-hmm. you have a solution already for it. We okay. can deem whether that was good or bad. I'll let you go first. All right. Well, my fuck up of the week is related to my puppy, Ben. Okay. Finn. It's very cute. It's an Australian Labradoodle. Lovely. And can do everything. Like sit, shake, roll over, lay down. You can tell him to be gentle. Tell him to calm down, does all those things, and he cannot pee consistently outside. Hmm. Like, cannot. So I was reading on some puppy things, and we stopped giving him any treats for anything other than peeing outside. Like, that is the only thing that you get rewarded for is peeing outside and going well for a couple of days, like going down from, like, 10 accidents to, like, 7 accidents to, like, Five accidents. I mean, a good day is like three accidents. Hmm. Like, that is a good day. He just goes out there and squats and, like, tinkles, like, two drops, looks at me, give me my give me my treat, and then goes inside and finishes peeing. Like, mm-hmm. he understands the concept that I have got to, like, do something, like, mm-hmm. peeing here to get this treat. But still, I'd prefer to pee inside. Literally, he peed probably, I don't know. 10 times in like 25 minutes last night, I was about to like throw the dog out, like I'm done with it. And I think that now I've just trained him to pretend to pee for the treat. And he has like no bladder control. So he goes to the door, rings the bell, pretends like he has to pee, gets his treat, comes inside and pees. Maybe he just thinks ringing the bell means he gets a treat. No, it's directly related to peeing. Mm-hmm. Like he knows it's after he pees because he pees and he looks at me. Comes back with his little wiggly body. Like, mm-hmm. I did it. And now I feel like I have now have this dog that can't hold his pee, like, to save his life. Well, maybe you should send him out and then put him directly back into the kennel where he doesn't pee in the kennel. I know. I, I did read that. That's maybe my my new fix. That we yeah. Can, that he needs to spend some amount of kennel because he does not pee in the kennel. Right, because this is home. It's where he sleeps. So he needs to learn how to, like, hold his bladder yes. longer throughout the day. Yep. They kennel train him. 
I know, but it's hard when you're home. I guess we did with Penny. That's how we, that's how I finally stopped her doing it. For she being was, in the house, she was in her kennel. If she wasn't outside, she was in her kennel. How long did that take? A week. Okay. But she was older. Yeah. How long did it take you to potty train her? Like a month, maybe. A month. Okay. We're at like five. She's a stray now. dog. I don't. She had never been an indoor dog. Yeah. So she'd only ever peed outside. Oh, okay. So she wasn't naturally inclined mm-hmm. to pee inside. Well, yeah, but she also wasn't ever. She didn't understand that. She just thought that the house was like part of her world. Right. Like, so she didn't understand that you don't pee in the house. Yeah. But she never peed in her kennel. Never peed in her kennel Mm -hmm. because where her bed was, where she slept. Yeah. All right. I'll report back. Okay. Yeah. Well, my, uh, I guess, fuck up of the week. It's a little more work related. I think it was, I think I just didn't appropriately understand how busy these first two weeks were going to be. Mm-hmm. And I really felt like I didn't prepare for them. Yeah. And to be fair, I know I had, I, I did have ear surgery and that was a rough two weeks between Christmas and New Year's or whatever. But there was definitely things I could have done. I mean, I worked on some things a little bit here and there, but like I could not get motivated to do anything. And even to the point where the kids went back to school on Monday and I was like, told them, I was like, I really got to work. And I opened my computer and I like texted Courtney. I was like, what am I supposed to be doing? <laughs> like, What's on my to-do list? Like I, I couldn't even wrap my mind around yeah. the amount of work that needed to be done. And like and no matter how I looked at it in any way, right? And so I feel like it has led to a very like stressful week. Yeah. And I feel like I can't, I just can't be successful. And I'm like looking at it, I'm like, oh my God, like all these things we have coming down the pipeline. And you know, next week we we teach our first class and we took you know, you did a most of the work getting the syllabus together and all that stuff, but it's like, okay, you got to actually like plan this lesson mm-hmm. and get it together. And and then it's like ongoing. Like it's yeah. not just you plan one lesson and it's done. It's multiple lessons. No, I know. Mm-hmm. But I think it's just understanding that that pace is coming. Yeah. Right. I don't know. I feel like I just totally failed on that very badly. <laughs> a lot. Like there's just, a, there's just a ton of things doing. So now I'm looking, I'm like, I'm going to have to probably work on the weekend yeah to get it done really yeah which will I do that probably not <laughs> even though I should so it'll be my f up next week <laughs> you can have the same f up just every single every week. single week every single week but remember mm-hmm. your word is expectation I know so release the expectation you're it's, doing the best that you can do no I know I know that and yeah. I don't I don't have that's the thing is I don't have these high high expectations of myself it's just I this is not like an expect like oh I I want to I need to get to here and I want to go 10 steps above like that's my expectation because that's how I normally am like okay I need to plan a lesson so that's like the base level mm-hmm. right but for me my expectation is to make it amazing you know I don't have those expectations. My expectations is very base level, but I'm yeah. looking at my base level things and I'm like, how am I going to get it done? It's literally impossible. It's not going to happen. You're going to do it. Yeah. I mean, I know I will. Yeah. I just like, it just has led to late nights. Yeah. Exhaustion. I mean, I, right. I mean, I think too, not even having the expectation of like at this particular juncture, like what's a weekday, what's a weekend, what's the work time, what's the hours, like, I guess that's true. Keeping it a little more fluid. Yeah. Right. Like, mm-hmm. hey, at this moment, I feel exhausted and overwhelmed. Like, maybe even though it's two thirty in the afternoon, I would best be served by 
uh, taking a nap, even though my expectation is that I'm going to be working and getting up, drinking a coffee and working for a couple hours on my computer tonight. Mm -hmm. Like just letting go of like the like the rigidness of it, Mm -hmm. of those expectations and hours and think about it a little bit more fluidly and like let that creativity come to you when it comes to you mm-hmm. within the time frame of when it needs to be done. But so it now. <laughs> well, be you know creative right now because it needs to happen right now. It was me like when I was doing the syllabus. I mean, it was like random 11 o'clock on a weekend mm-hmm. day and worked on it. I was like, I'm going to work on it for an hour. Well, I just kept going because I was motivated to do so and I felt mm-hmm. good about it and like sat there for four or five hours and just pumped it out and felt good about it. You know, but it wasn't like in the confines of like a normal business day. Right. That's one thing I've noticed about myself is that there are strange things that wreak havoc on my productivity. Mm-hmm. And sometimes the normal business hours don't work well for my creative process, especially when mm-hmm. I'm trying to make something, whether it be a lesson or a syllabus or whatever. The office is, doesn't foster that for me. Yeah, I'm totally opposite because I feel like I am like, totally all in super focused, hyper focused when I get to the office. So like I have to let go at home. Otherwise I will go insane. No, I'm like squirrel, squirrel. What? Yeah, you? I know. What? That, that, I you work know. in the same office. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so yeah. Maybe cubicles would be helpful. I don't know. <laughs> Are you saying you want a dividing wall between us? I'm just saying there's many a times I am like laser focused tunnel vision and you start talking about your damn puppy. <laughs> <laughs> how he pees outside. I'm like, I don't have the time to talk about your puppy. One day I won't be talking about my puppy. No. One day soon when he decides to be potty trained. Yeah, that is frustrating. Yeah. All right. Well, good episode. That's great. We'll check in on your F up next week. Yeah, I think, oh, I feel like this total, the, the, our first, you know, fuck up of the week, you know, corresponds so well when she talked about how you mind fuck yourself, you know, mm-hmm. like, Oh, so you're just mind fucked. That's what it is. Yeah. yeah. You just got to get, and really she was talking about just getting rid of the way you talk to yourself mm-hmm. and what you believe about yourself. Yeah. And I think that's what we're going to find in these fuck up of the weeks. Yeah. It's just what we tell ourselves. Okay. And how we feel about ourselves. Thanks, everyone, for gathering with us today to talk about The Hustle. For our episode with Anna, we are drinking a Deloach Pinot Noir Russian River. We hope you get a chance to drink it this week, and cheers to amazing company cultures. To learn more about Anna and Lynch Mikan, visit lynchmikan.com or follow them on Instagram at lynch underscore mikans. You can also connect with Anna on LinkedIn. And to learn more about our hustles, visit cndevents.com, thebradfordnc.com, and hustleandgather.com. Or follow us on Instagram at CND Events, at The Bradford NC, and at Hustle and Gather. And if you like this show, be sure to subscribe and leave us a rating and a review. This podcast is a production of Ear Fluence. I'm Courtney. And I'm Dana. And we'll talk with you next time on Hustle and Gather.